Hello and welcome to Starcast from Planet Waves. My name is Eric Francis Coppolino, host of Planet Waves FM and the author of the Planet Waves horoscope and a few other things here and there with an edition of Starcast to go with the May 11th weekly horoscope and articles. Uh, in this edition, I'm going to talk about the astrology that I cover in the lead piece for Planet Waves subscribers called the turnaround. I also did an article looking at issues that remain lingering over and among us here a week after the official end of the claimed COVID-19 pandemic. That article is also on my substack at planetwaves.org. Thank you for joining me. So uh, we are in uh, one of those rather rich astrological moments. It, it has been quite a week. Uh, it was um, quite a week because, among other things, uh, Mercury is at the very end of its retrograde and because uh, Jupiter is now void of course and about to enter Taurus. That happens in a few days. We'll get to that. And mostly, though, I think that there were so many people going completely over the top earlier this week because uh, Tuesday into Wednesday, the sun aligned with Uranus and people were acting in a very Uranian way. And by that, I mean uh, unpredictable, uncooperative, uh, and falsely asserting their independence, which didn't do anything for their independence. Uh, I, I was witness to, as I mentioned in the last edition, um, which is, uh, well, well, we'll add that to the Planet Waves pages. It went out primarily by Substack. But uh, in the last edition, uh, covering the Sun-Uranus conjunction, uh, that was on Tuesday night, I believe, uh, the Midnight Astrology uh, broadcast, um, th there was uh, this all this uh, incredibly rebellious energy as if there was some, uh, l like, live wire uh, and everybody was swimming around in a saltwater pool and uh, people were acting... Uh, in, in ways that were feigning being shocked and trying to act shocking and uh, do all of this stuff. That was the alignment of the sun and Uranus. Uh, I never would have uh, said, oh, yeah, watch everyone go wackadoodle. I, I try not to be, uh, be predictive, uh, certainly not of um, difficult developments, um, but rather to observe and uh, size them up. But that is uh, that is what happened. And my my sense is that often what happens during Mercury retrograde stays in Mercury retrograde, and and once Mercury stations direct uh, and uh, Jupiter has changed signs, and the climate we're in is completely different. I mean, we're moving into yet another one of those moments where we are in a completely different climate. Uh, one one of the most important moments of transition this month, this year, was March of 2023, where we had Pluto change signs and Saturn change signs, and Mars uh, finally left Gemini, where it had been for about seven months. And so that was uh, the really big turning point of, uh, of, of 2023, and really uh, for th this next mini epoch that we are going into, let's say uh, the Let's count that as the entire duration of Saturn and Pisces, about about three years. So meanwhile, we're in another one of those moments, uh, perhaps not so dramatic, 
um, with the uh, UFOs, <laughs> alleged UFOs getting shot down and the Chinese balloon attacks. <laughs> Completely ridiculous. Chinese balloon attacks and train wrecks and dioxin and dump and burn operations. Uh, however, uh, and <laughs> however, uh, what I'm getting at here is that the astrology is a little bit mellower. Uh, Jupiter going into an Earth sign um, will cool and calm things down a little bit and provide some stability. But let's go in order because I've got a lot to say about Jupiter going into Taurus and Jupiter square Pluto. Uh, and I'll read you some fun quotations from one of my favorite astrology writers of yore, Madame Isabel Hickey. So Mercury stations direct uh, overnight the 14th to the 15th. Um, it has been retrograde. Oh, when is that? Uh, go back 22 days. It was retrograde for 22 days. Uh, Mercury's position is um, all the way back in early Taurus, right around five degrees. Uh, and stationing, um, it's in a nice harmonious relationship with Saturn, um, a sextile that is uh, kind of, a, to me, it feels like containment. It feels like um, a, a kind of a, a firm guiding hand for Mercury. Mercury and Saturn are great friends. Uh, Saturn and Pisces is, um, well, it's at least offering the potential of some emotional grounding and stability and some boundaries. And we get to test that out as Mercury stations direct in a 60 degree, kind of a perfect blend sextile aspect. So that's, uh, th that's that. And also there's, uh, there is, um, Mars is um, finishing its square to Eris. That was another uh, potentially disruptive event, uh, right with Mercury at its point of maximum or approaching its point of maximum tension as it gets ready to station direct. Now, here's the thing about Mercury stationing direct, and this is going to happen in a process over the, the next basically three to four days. And what I have noticed, because I do a lot of news astrology, and I've, I've always got one or two investigations running. So I get to track the investigations against the astrology and see what, the, you know, what the movements of the planets indicate. And one of the things I've noticed a few times, a few choice times, is that at the time Mercury stations direct, uh, there can be this little burst of uh, truth and of, of information coming out. And I've decided after many years of contemplating Mercury retrograde all the way back since the 1980s when I knew an astrologer, I wasn't one, but I knew one, and I had some opportunity to evaluate the things that she said, is, uh, is that the reason you don't want to sign things and don't want to make firm important commitments at the time of Mercury retrograde is that there's missing information. And that information will come out in part during the course of the retrograde, and it'll really come out at the time Mercury stations direct. And you figure out what's going on and what was concealed and who people are and what they're all about. And there's been quite a bit of that coming out in terms of um, people revealing themselves. And I would say, uh, look for more of that. Now, uh, Mercury is in aspect to Saturn and Nessus at the time of this station direct. Both of those things indicate the ability to make decisions, and they demonstrate the potential for true accountability and work within a time structure. Uh, the whole project of astrology is about using time well. 
and the Mercury aspect pattern uh, is sl moving slowly through Taurus. So there's this, um, uh, the pace matters and using your time and uh, investing more energy in awareness than in control because awareness provides the basis for decisions and control is a kind of illusion. Now there's one thing about this chart that I, I think requires a, a bit of extra caution, which is that the moon is conjunct Neptune in Pisces at the moment Mercury stations direct. And this is an advisory that says, make sure you have your facts and your perceptions correct. So this requires re-verifying, not just checking once. It's not a gut thing. Your gut's almost always going to be wrong under this, but your intuition might be right. Uh, Saturn provides the container uh, to, you know, to, to put... Uh, you know, to hold all of this together. But nonetheless, the moon is still going to be conjunct Neptune. So it requires several points of reality checking. And uh, where Neptune is concerned, there is no validation uh, that works so well as the passage of time. So when you don't have a lot of time, you've got to be very careful and leave yourself, uh, leave yourself an out. Now, uh, right after Mercury goes direct, Jupiter ingresses Taurus on May 16th. Uh, for a few years, uh, Jupiter, Jupiter mostly does one sign per year, but for a few years, it's been dancing back and forth between signs. So it, it, in, in 2020, it did Capricorn Aquarius, then it did Aquarius Pisces for a year, then it did Pisces Aries for a year. We're just wrapping that up. And now, uh, now Jupiter goes into Taurus, where it's going to stay entirely um, through May 24th, 2024, when it enters Gemini, and we get to go forward in all directions. Now, Jupiter in Taurus describes an affinity for solid resources, quality, uh, tangible things, both material, material and spiritual. Uh, Jupiter, this massive gas bubble with a rock in the middle, I guess, about 12,000 times the size of the Earth will be tempered and regulated by the practical grounding sign of Taurus associated with priorities and values. Taurus also has strong preserver energy. The preserver is an essential energy. It's a feminine energy, strong preserver energy, which will provide staying power and sustenance to complete many of the tasks commenced with Jupiter in Aries over the past year. But I suggest you choose wisely and do what you want and need to do and uh, strike the rest off of your list. Jupiter in Taurus begins its run in Taurus with a square, a 90-degree, high-integrity, generally strong, sparky aspect to Pluto in the first degree of Aquarius. So uh, this this has a kind of a culty feeling, kind of like uh, much of the internet has right now, and kind of how the world is organizing itself into many religious cults. Um, and uh, I'm 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 a bit concerned about this uh, because there's a lot of huckstering going on. There's a lot of people hustling their viewpoint. Um, the uh, the camel metaphor that I I mentioned in the article. Uh, was an, an actual event where I was in uh, Egypt uh, with my friend Kimberly, and, and uh, you know when you're when you're at the at the Great Pyramid and the, and the Sphinx out by the Giza Plateau, everybody wants you to ride their camel. They want to take you on a camel ride for so many, you know, Egyptian 
dollars, whatever they are. And so we got on this one camel, and the guy leads us all the way across the desert, all the way across the plateau, not quite all the way across the desert, across the plateau to a <laughs> to a perfume store. Uh, and so his job was to charge people for the camel ride and then bring customers to the perfume store. No doubt he was making out on both ends of that deal. Uh, so I checked in with Isabel Hickey, one of my more trusted um, uh, authors. Uh, her book is called Astrology, A Cosmic Science, and it just kind of gets better over the years. Uh, Isabel died in 1980, and um, I, I never knew her, uh, but we once reached out to her daughter, and uh, and I, I, I knew, knew uh, Alan Oaken, who was trained by her, and my friend Rob Norris would go to her Wednesday, uh, whatever Wednesday Thursday night event. She was a lovely person, and I think a really intuitive astrologer. And so, what she said in her book, one of the first books, I think, maybe the first book to ever delineate Pluto aspect, said that Mars square, sorry, Jupiter square Pluto gives good critical ability, uh, but there's a kind of a devious quality to this aspect. So, to me. Pluto and, and Jupiter in a square says, knowledge is power. And Hickey agrees. The power sought many times is no more than a cover for deep feelings of inadequacy. The individual's uh, outlook is based on instinct rather than intellect. Okay, so um, here we have this uh, this kind of it's it's competitive. It it's it seeks power for its own sake, really. And what what Hickey is saying is that that Jupiter Pluto, more than seeking power for its own sake, it seeks power to as compensatory behavior for a feeling of inadequacy. So when you've got when you're dealing with a Jupiter Pluto situation, don't expect people to reason. Uh, they're they're not they're not there to reason, uh, and there's a self importance problem with this. So beware of that. Uh, that that um, when people respond to this aspect in in a kind of a not not a wholly ethical way, that they can consider themselves very very important people. And this, of course, is the dream of our time uh, when nobody is anybody, and so uh, people have to have black cars. Don't you love how many black cars there are? I mean, really? And then tinted black cars with tinted windows. Uh, I mean, nothing kind of blares out, I want you to think I'm an asshole, than a black car with tinted windows. Who must that important person be? So um, these are the times we're living in. And, you know, what's driving this is, and it is driving... Uh, a very wide-scale general sense of inadequacy is that electrical technology, and particularly digital technology, has a way of rendering people irrelevant and taking people out of themselves and out of their bodies and uh, creating situations where people just don't know who they are. We've had this kind of slowly bleached and stripped away all through the entire digital era and way beyond that. And so one of the ways people tend to respond is that they get violent. They get violent under the influence of digital technology, meaning aggressive and 
nippy and snippy. And when you see that happening, or if you feel yourself going there, remember that this is a, this is a reflection of an underlying condition which could be described as a kind of insecurity of not knowing who whoever's having this feeling is, whoever's having this experience is. And so aggression is a cheap, stupid form of self-actualization. And, and people use these experiences where they aggress others and then they, uh, they, can, uh, they can have the feeling of maybe having learned something. I assure you there are better, friendlier ways to do that. Thank you for being a paying subscriber uh, one way or the other. Uh, if, if you are not one, please do uh, remember that to do beautiful work like this takes resources. Uh, this is not exactly a big money operation here, Planet Waves. Uh, we're not taking bags of cash to the bank twice a day, but we make enough to provide the services that we provide. And I am keen on reminding everyone of an idea that comes and goes from a community consciousness. And that idea is energy exchange. I come here and offer you my thoughts, my ideas, my contemplation, and then all the resources that it took. I, I truly like to share what I know. So please take part in that exchange and send a little bit back our way. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. Signing off from Kingston, New York on May 11th at 1.29 p.m. Bye for now.